Samson was given to his mom and daddy because the children of Israel had been harassed, had been bullied, we know about that word, by the Philistines, or you might be a Philistine person, but by the Philistines a long time. And God said, well, I'm going to send a deliverer to do something about this. God has always cared about his people. I want you to keep in mind everything I've said up until now this morning. God's always cared about his people. And one way or another, he would intervene, whether it was through the miracle of the Red Sea like last week or whether it was through sending a deliverer like Samson was to the Philistines. God loves people. That's why we pray, we love, we lead and launch because, folks, you have been sent by God to deliver somebody else. You have. Don't care what your ability is or is not. You have been sent by God. You're breathing right now not to retire or get a big check or go on a last-minute vacation or just, you know, do a lot of fall things. I love all those things, by the way. If I'm here, I want to do all those things, by the way. But you're here. You're breathing. You're living in the shape, in the condition, in the moment you're in. You're here because God is using you, desires to use you to deliver somebody or a people somewhere. So he sent Samson to these people. And so I've got to kind of go fast forward for a minute so you'll better understand the story. Samson was able to do the mighty things in battle he was able to do because he kept God's commands. He honored God. That's what all that was about church, about Wednesday, about everything, anything. All that was about honoring God's word. Samson honored God's word, so God touched his life mightily. In fact, again, we've got to go fast forward for a minute to chapter 16 of Judges, verse 7. And this is when the infamous story of Samson and Delilah was being played out. And finally, he got to her, or she got to him, and he told her this right here. All his heart, the Bible said. And he said, there's not a razor that's come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven then my strength will go from me and I'll become weak and be like any other man. You see, Samson tells us himself, from my mother's womb, I've been set aside, I've been set apart, and I followed the commands of God. And one of them was not to touch my hair. And so, over in the 13th chapter, as Samson started growing older, the Bible said that the Spirit of the Lord moved upon Samson. It began to move upon him when he was in his homeland before he moved. And then over in chapter 14, verse 6, we read again, all of this happened that the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. How did this happen, preacher? It happened because he kept the commands of the Lord. You can live a Christian life without living according to the Word of God if you want to attempt to do that. But you will not get the mighty touch of God on your life. You can do it. You can do all the things it seems like the majority of the people are doing in the church world today. But don't be fooled. I'm just telling you Bible today, folks. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. The Spirit of God moved upon him because he did what God said to do, and he got God results. I don't know about you, but I want some God results in my life. I really do. And so now that you've kind of heard where his strength come from, where and why the hand of God moved mightily upon him, let's go to chapter 14, verse 5 for a moment. 
The Bible says, before I read this, let me just tell you that Samson, after uh, he kind of got a little older, he was a woman's man. And he loved women. And women apparently loved that long hair on that man. And so he saw a young woman, and she was not part of his, his tribe or his neighborhood or his people or his kind. She was down in Timnah, as a matter of fact. And his mom and daddy, his daddy tried his son, why are you trying to do this? Why are you trying to marry the enemy? Why are you trying to do this? Somebody that don't believe like we believe. But he had his mind made up. She was a fox, and he couldn't help it. And what neither one of them knew was that God was in on the arrangements because God, I done told you what he was sent here for, God was sending his deliverer into the camp of the enemy where he could get vengeance on them and deliver his people from oppression. So, verse 5, Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother, and he came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came up mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. Hmm. After some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. And he took some of it in his hand and went along eating. And when he came to his father and mother, he gave them some. And they also ate, but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Folks, because the enemy is aware of the day, the hour, the time, the season that we're living in. Some people might argue with what I'm saying right now, but Satan knows the Bible better than anybody breathing on the earth. How can you say that? Well, he was part of the angelic host for a long time. He was, he was the, the premier praise and worship leader, and he quoted the Word of God to, to the Word of God. He quoted the Word of God to Jesus to try to trip him up. But Jesus was the Word. How can you trip up the Word when he is the Word? And so he knows the season. He knows what the church is doing and then what the lukewarm people are doing. He knows what the world's doing. He knows the key players that are in prominent places right now carrying out the things that will all uh, come together to create what we know as the new world order, by the way, is a conspiracy theory uh, if you want to believe that. I just say these things because I love to aggravate Facebook. I love it to death. I love to aggravate Google and YouTube. I use them. They're going to jerk us down one day, but I just, they're going to put them little, dis, those lying disclaimers about everything that's been going on under every post of people that have absolute, to, to keep people with Kool-Aid all over them and to keep people confused and scared. They're going to do all that stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to quote the Word of God to aggravate them back because I know everything's being captioned. If you ever wonder why you watch these videos, and they're, they're not doing that because they love closed caption for those that are mute or can't really hear. They do that because they fine-tune things to fit in what we know as algorithms to try to kick people like us out, which is happening on a large scale now. I don't even know if 14 people can hear us anymore. Seriously, I don't know. But folks, the devil knows all of this stuff. He is very aware of it. And so he's not messing around. He's not messing around with our children. He's not messing around with the church. 
He's making sure that he keeps the church preoccupied, busy, in love with carnal material things, in love with themselves, in love with social media where they get stroked and a lot of... He loves all that. So, he, so he's playing that to his advantage. And what you and I have to be reminded of again today is a believer has their mind on one thing, and that's fulfilling the work that Jesus Christ left me to do along with the church. If you're not consumed with that, I'm telling you, that's a, a red light going off on the dashboard of your car right now. You need to drop some stuff off the ship. Things that keep you bogged down or keep you wanting, and you got to have this or you got to do that. You need to unload the boat, folks. If your mind is not on things above instead of things below, I'm afraid those things below are going to keep you anchored down when the trumpet sounds. I love you, and I'm telling you that out of love. So, Samson kept God's commands, and God honored him. All right? The second thing I want to tell you about this whole situation, we don't, have, we don't have notes on the screen today. I'm just talking to you. You can do with the information whatever the Lord leaves you. I want you to understand that according to verse 6 of what we read today, if you live mightily, then you can fight mightily. If you live mightily, you can fight. Explain that to me, preacher. I try to do right. I try to do right. No. You don't try to do right, folks. You don't try to do right. I, I talked about Thursday night. I talked about Wednesday night. Did the people that came to church, did they try to come to church or did they come to church? The people that made arrangements and went Thursday night, did they, did they try or did they do it? You don't try to live right. You make your mind up, as for me and my house, which I'll talk about later, we will serve the Lord. You either live right or you live wrong. There's no gray area with God. You live right or you live wrong. That's what he says. So if you keep the commands of God and you do what thus saith the Lord. I don't come to church because I receive a salary. I don't come to church because I'm the preacher. I don't come to church. I don't pay tithes because I'm uh, uh, part of the staff here. I don't come to church even because as much as I love you, you're going to be here because I've come many times when there hasn't been anybody here. I come here, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, I come here because the Bible tells me as I see the day approaching, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. If you don't attend church when church time is in session, you are forsaking. You're walking away. You're saying, God, I don't believe that, or it's not for me, or it's not as important as what you say. I, I didn't want to get into this again, but the Holy Ghost said, you better say it, son. So you've got to know what day you're living in. You've got to take your own spiritual pulse somewhere along this walk, folks. You got to do it. If you live mightily, you can fight mightily. Let's talk about that for just a minute, okay? Everybody in here, you are either fighting a lion right now, or you just fought one, or if you keep walking on the path you're walking on, if you live long enough, there's one biting to roar and try to claw you and tear you apart because the devil like a lion, is seeking, he's roaming to and fro, just trying to find somebody to devour. And coming to church occasionally are not really putting all of your life, your thinking into heaven and the sound of the trumpet makes you vulnerable enough where you cannot live mightily and you won't live mightily. You know why? Because you're not keeping his commands. But if you keep the commands of the Lord, pray without ceasing, love the unlovable. If they do you wrong, heap coals of fire and bless them. Give a child a cup of cold water. Stop to minister to children and watch what I do. This is what God says. If you follow his commands, even when your body don't feel like it, people say, I can come to church. 
but I didn't, I didn't feel good. Like Wednesday. I'll use Wednesday. I didn't come to church. People, and if you're really sick, you know how I feel about that. I ain't getting back on that again. If you're sick, keep it at the house. We don't want it. Amen, church? No, we don't need it. We've all had a feel of it. Okay. But if you felt just as bad, and I got to use the current events because I want you in on this. If you felt just as bad, possibly worse, or even more tired on Thursday night and you tricked it out, somebody besides the preacher is upset about that. I just thought I'd let you in on that. He may not have had revealed that to you yet, but hold on, it's coming. So you got to make your calling and election sure. I'm making mine sure. And again, this has nothing to do with football players, referees, coaches, people that attended, that attended church. It's an indicator if you did one but you didn't do the other. I didn't say it, by the way. I just told you what somebody else said. Okay, so now that everybody enjoyed that, if you live mightily, you can fight mightily. That means when the lion does come breathing on you and trying to claw it, claw at you, and it doesn't matter what form it is, if it's family, if it's work, if it's somebody that's been trying to tear your character down or assassinate you through uh, just with their tongue or something like that, listen. The difference between Samson and every other man around there that would have faced the lion that day, they would have all been dead because they did not follow the command because the lion would have written them. When you make your mind up, I'm going to live right, I'm going to do right, I'm going to even do the things I would really like to do this, but i got to do what God says to do first and foremost and then let everything. When you do that, when Satan does come your way, barking or clawing or breathing or scratching, you can turn around under the same power and the anointing of Samson and you can say, get behind me, devil, in the name of Jesus. And the Bible's already made it plain. He'll go running. <laughs> Samson tore the line apart because he tore the commands of God apart and hit them in his heart. I wish I'd have wrote that and put it in the book. Man, that was good. Thank you, Father. The third thing I'd like for you to understand today, according to verse 9, the bitter battle with the lion, the battle you're in, it might be bitter. It might be a relationship. It might be a, a, a physical bitter battle that you're going through with. But the bitter battle... You're facing right now. Folks, listen to me. It may actually turn out to be something sweet for you down the road. What's that mean? Well, let's just look at Samson. Samson was fighting a lion while he was on his way to hook up with a woman that God allowed to happen just for the sake of being able to liberate his people. And in the process of not even knowing what he was doing, going to that woman's house, not even knowing what he was doing when he was fighting the lion, he was in the plan and the hand of God. He didn't know that. And the whole time, that lion was probably trying to just scratch and claw the skin off of him or trying to maul him with his teeth. And he was wrestling and, and, and had his mane in his, his hands and just trying to maybe break his neck or something. He didn't see God in all that, you know. But what God was doing, he was using him to do something on a great scale, but he was also using a battle right then that would be a blessing down the road. So what am I trying to say? Well, later on, after all that happened, you know, he went. And, and let me tell you, when you, are, when you are fighting the lion and you're dealing with people perhaps, or you're dealing with diagnosis in your body or you're dealing with the world and the way the world is now it's crazy and all this 
and you're, you're dealing with trying to know what to do next. I don't even understand the Bible and all. You, you're just processing everything. You got to understand this. If you keep the commands of God and when the lion comes along, God is going to give you the power to do it. Now, what happens is while you're in there and you're walking and, and you see I'm fighting the lion, I'm fighting the lion, and I hear there, uh, there's a blessing after fighting the lion all that time because he was hungry. And the Bible says he noticed there's a carcass back there when he walked. And inside the carcass of the lion he killed, there was, there was bees there. And inside the bees was a cone of honey. And he had to fight the bees still. Fighting the lions was bad enough. But see, he was hungry, and he knew that blessing of honey was right there that would not have been there if he had not have fought the lion. He possibly could have died from malnutrition. He could have died. But see, he fought the lion because he had the power of God working in his life. And then that, that battle right there turned out later on to be a blessing that he would need to sustain him to keep on going. Now, he had to fight a little bit more because the devil, if he can't get you with the lions, he'll try to keep you away from what God's got with the bees. But if you'll just fight on in there, no, the honey's a whole lot better than a bee sting if you're about to die of starvation. And if me and you can remember, if I can just stay faithful to the Word of God, I'm almost home. I don't care what I got to fight. God's promised not to leave me because I'm yoked to him. He's promised to bless me keep his hand on me. He'll anoint me mightily. If it's a big battle, I'm going to have a bigger, mighty anointing on my life. And when I get through, I might just be setting myself up for something I need down the road. And it's not just for you. I love this because it said that not only did it help him out, but the Bible said that when he came to his father and mother, he gave them something to eat as well. Some of the same honey. The battle, the lion, the problem, the struggle, the, the adversity, the misunderstanding that you may be going through right now. I pray, and it hasn't turned over yet. I've been fighting this battle. I absolutely don't know what to do next. But if you hold on, if you just keep living right and doing right above everything, and I mean everything, church, if you make that decision today in your heart, then you know what? You might be doing something now that's going to turn up to save your son and daughter, to save your mama and daddy, to save somebody that's captured by drugs or somebody that's captured in a relationship that's just not good or involved in things that are not of God. Listen, what you deal with today might not just minister to you, but it may minister to somebody else. After all, you are left here to deliver on the behalf of God Almighty. You are. Now, I want to tell you before I pray this morning, I don't care what you have to do in this cancel culture society, in this leftist society. Yes, I said it, and I don't care. Everything right is now wrong. I would show you a video, if I had it, that I saw on Christian TV I watch just a little bit, and it's about prophecy usually when I find the two or three that are legitimate and are not whining and begging for money all the time, people that really just want to get what I'm doing, they're trying to do. I saw a video the other day of this man that was at a, and I can say it because I know it was on Christian TV, and most of y'all probably didn't see it anyway. That was a joke, by the way. One time I, I used that about, I, I said something to the characters or praise team a long time ago. It's a Christian song, and I know most of y'all have never heard it, probably. So, anyway, that was a joke for the people that got it. So, anyway, this was a video I just saw this week, and it was talking about the world. Uh, I, I'm not going to talk about the, the particular person that was being interviewed and all that. But they showed a school board meeting. Now, check this out. Where a man had a big, like a trifold display board. 
of three books that were in the library of their child's school that had very, uh, folks, I'm talking triple X rated R language in it, verbal stuff, telling children what to do and all, was in the, all that gender confusion, all of that was embedded in there along with this vile, vulgar, and now listen, I want to tell you how foolish the world is. The man started with book number one. He didn't hardly get a sentence out when he said, I'm just going to read an excerpt from this book. Do you know the school board uh, spokesperson, the, the panel, made him stop, would not let him say it, and this is what he said. I heard this. He said, you can't say that because this is being broadcast on like YouTube, on public stations and all that, and we haven't given a rating for people to hear. It might not be suitable. Anybody picking up on how, what I'm saying yet? I mean, like, I've heard of dumb, but that's dumb with a capital S, all right? Folks, he said, you can't, uh -uh, you can't do that because it may offend somebody. You got it in the school where a child can walk in and see it without any warning. There's stuff on here you absolutely don't see. But I'm telling you that Satan is serious. That's why two children, that really upset me in a righteous way. I'm not mad at people. I'm just mad because people don't understand the day, the hour. You don't see the cloud out there. The preacher sees it. And I'm trying with all I can try to tell you, they're serious about your children. They'll take them in public schools. They'll take them with gangs. They'll take them with vaping. They'll take them with uh, experimenting with sex. They'll tell them they're not really what they are. And look, and you'll vote a lot of these people in this telling them that's, that's what's even more alarming. You got to understand what you're living. The devil will play you for a pawn too. You got to wake up. I've got to wake up. We've got to see today that we have a very small window to get our family saved, to quit blurring and graying the lines and saying, well, I'm as good as Billy Graham or the Apostle Paul. I'm going to go in on the first load. I'm afraid if we don't take God serious at his word, the world's going to turn more foolish and they're going to try to turn things upside down. And this is what I'm finishing with because right is now wrong and wrong is now right. He is now she, she is now he. Let me tell you this. I can say this. This is publicly. Aaron and Joe took Nathan to school in Charlotte. Yesterday, got him moved in. Folks, the faculty or the group they went, do you know that when they introduced themselves, they introduced themselves Every one of the faculty members, they said, my name's Dr. So-and-so, and, -so, and uh, my pronoun name is he. Uh, and then she would say, I'm Dr. So-and-so or Professor So-and-so, and my pro every one of them, and they said every one of them was a, a he or she or like they Look, except for one, you can pick them out, you know, sore thumb. You knew they were a, well, I'm a they, a them, or whatever. What's my point? I'm not trying to be funny. What I'm trying to tell you is that this is nonstop. This is like those wildfires you see out west and over in Europe and all these countries where they've just taken over. And the church is not getting closer to God. We're kind of getting inundated with all this stuff. And we're backing way up, and we're playing games. See, God, see, God will amen me if nobody else will. Hey, let's stand up. So, <clears throat> today, I want to tell everybody here, I'm still going to church Next Sunday, if I'm alive, I'm coming to church. I'm still going Wednesday night when we have prayer. Uh, 
next week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, if I'm still alive and have a pulse, I will be at prayer. I've seen the cloud, I've read the book, and all the world's admitted to me that the Lord's about to come back, and they didn't say it like that. I'm going to be here. If, if we are here the 21st, I'm going to be at revival. Can you say that? Can you say that? Well, I don't know. I've got to look and see. Don't look good. It don't look good. If Now, I know there might be one or two things that's just, I know that. I know that. I'm just saying, I'm, talk, I'm, I'm talking about the habit. You know, you're known by your fruit, but I like saying this too about me and the world I live in. You're also known by your routine, amen? If you have a routine of coming, you'll be there. If you have a routine of not coming, you got a routine of getting up, praying every morning, putting God first. You got a routine of uh, tithing, you're going to tithe. You've got a routine of blessing people and helping people, seeing if you have anything that could minister to people. That's your routine. But if you don't have that routine, this is what Jesus is trying to do. See, a lot of people, I've been saved about 40 years, really saved. But I'm not, get, I'm not trying to get to heaven off of the experience that I had 40 years ago. See, a lot of people, they write where they they were 40 or 30 years ago or 50 years. It doesn't matter, whatever time. They there. They right there. Their walk, their serving, their giving, their love. It hadn't escalated with the life that God's blessed them with. They've kept it right here. That's a scary thing to me. God's been good to you and, this, and you've kept it right here. It, your love for him has not increased. You're, you're serving him. Your being his hand, that hadn't increased at all. These things disturb me because I read the Bible every single day of my life. So I want to tell you, folks, you've been sent by God to deliver somebody. You, everybody here, you've been sent. We're doing all we can. I don't, I, I look. I don't care if two children were there. I'm going to paint that upstairs as hard as I can paint tomorrow. Just like today. I'm going to tell you right now. We had people that can't be here. We had people that were working. We had people not uh, sick or, or uh, unable to be here. Just couldn't help it. And I, I, let me tell you something real quick. I promise that we'll, we'll pray and go. But I've got a philosophy that I've probably said before I know I've said it in the past week to somebody I got a philosophy I am not going to punish God because of people I'm not going to punish the program of God I don't care what we have to do to switch around up here I don't care what we got to tear out and modify I, 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 don't, I don't care what we got to do I, I don't I don't go by numbers I, I don't let what the people decide to do or not do determine on what, what I'm going to do for God. Because you know what I realized? I realized that we had two children over there and these poor people get up early to go over there and prepare food for people to come. People get up and they study war slam out from jobs to come over there and, and nobody shows up. I'm telling these people don't vent to me, but I just, I've witnessed it for a year now. And, I'm, and all you got to do is just show up and be in, like, you know, like we did about 60 of us here in the middle of July, that kind of show up. I'm just saying all we got to do is just show up. If I were to say, look, I'm calling Ray Herring, and next Sunday after church, I've told him to plan on $100 a head, and somebody's already donated the money. There ain't a single one of you in here saying, I'll try to come if I can. <laughs> hey, you could have gout from your, from your hip down to your foot. I'll be all right. Where's the plates at, preacher? Listen, let me tell you something. I know that might be funny, but I, I don't mean it funny. I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you this because I got one desire, and that's to sit at the marriage supper of lamb with you. And I can't play games at the pulpit and tell you, oh, it's all right, you know, it's the day we're living in. Because I told you, it's the day we're living in. It's time to pick the game up. The world's doing it, and the world's backing up the world while they're doing it. And so I want to pray because I could keep on, especially now I know it's raining. You don't want to get out in the rain. I could start preaching the rest of the message. I could, but I want us to spend a little bit of time in prayer. Kenley, will you and Ronnie and the family come down here? Um, well, I'll tell you what. Where's uh, Nelson, Wanda, Maria? I need for y'all to come. Uh, we got to pray for Aaron. That, and the baby. That, yeah, they'll just be healthy. Uh, now, I need to ask you. We're going to pray for people that don't know Jesus that might be online. But does anybody else, and y'all could just spread out across here together or whatever, but does anybody else have one of these kind of needs right now? All right? Needs. I ain't messing around, preacher. I'm being straight up with you. I need God to move mightily in my life right now. And, and I don't even care what it is. It might be a sick child. It might be a sick... It might be you. It might be a decision that's got. I need God to move in my life. Now, if, if it's serious, I want you to come. But if you, if you just say, well, I, I, you know, I'd like to add 4,000 square feet on my house. No. Don't. We're not, we're not doing material right now. God will meet your need. He wants your heart. You got a heart. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. Lord, I'm going to pray that God would move mightily on you today. Yes, I am. Hey, God can move in this harder than I've ever preached. God can move at this altar right now. God don't need me. He's reminding me of that. I asked Derek the other day to make, I just I always try to send him the the title of the message, and you know, that's another blessing. All these technical people, they're, they're just a blessing. And uh, when he sent me that picture, I said, man, that's it. You can't do nothing about the line coming, folks. But look what's sitting right beside the line. Anybody need any honey in your life right now? I went to Biscuitville this morning, and for a while, they've had on the sign, hot honey is back. And if they wouldn't take it wrong, because they know I'm a preacher, I'd say, where did she go? But I want you to know the honey has not gone anywhere. And everybody in this church today, it's not the will of God that you leave here empty-handed, empty-hearted, empty-headed. But we've got to come to a place where we say, God, I'm ready to keep your commands because this is a mighty big thing in my life. And I still trust you. So I'm going to pray. I really am. I'm going to pray. But I want every person in this building, I want those of you that are online, I want you to pray. Father God, we thank you that you are mighty God. You're a victorious warrior, Lord. I thank you, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that there is absolutely nothing too difficult for you, Lord. God, you said if we lack wisdom, we can pray and you would give us wisdom, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, everything that Satan has designed a long time ago for evil, Satan, you are defeated. God is greater. You have no place. We, we, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. I pray for every one of these children, Lord, 
I pray for Ronnie. I pray for Kenley, Lord. I lift them up in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen them, Lord, that you would touch them in a mighty way, Lord. I pray, oh God, that you would show yourself strong, Lord. I pray, oh God, that you would, hallelujah, as the lion's God of life, move in and out of their lives or the children's life. Lord, hallelujah, you would move on them, Lord. You would put the honey where it needs to be when it needs to be there, Lord. Let something sweet, hallelujah, be more desirable than getting stung, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, God, we come before you in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, I pray right now. I pray for Aaron, Lord, and that baby. You would touch him and those children. In the name of Jesus, God. Lord, you know, Father, what every single person at this altar walked up here with. And God, there is absolutely nothing, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Nothing too difficult for you, Lord. And I thank you today, God, that you're able to do things, Lord, that maybe even God people in the medical field cannot do, Lord. You can do it. What a lawyer seemed to can't work out, God. You can do it. You're able to make old things new, God. Repair bodies, repair minds, repair hearts. You're able, Lord, to save lost loved ones. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, when you prayed for the blind man, you prayed for him and then you asked him. And he said, I see men as trees. And then you prayed again, Lord. I lift up Kay right now in the name of Jesus. It's by your stripes we are healed. Lord, you dissolve. Hallelujah. You make new, God. You're able to put us in green pastures, Lord. Hallelujah. You're able, God, to give us peace while you work all things together for good. And God, we receive this. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, God, that you would open up doors, Lord. God, provide answers, Lord. Provide peace. Pro provide protection, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we continue to walk for you, Lord, God, that you would show us, hallelujah, that we're almost home and there's nothing in this world that you cannot do. There's nothing in this world, God, that you cannot make available for us so that we can fulfill your will, Lord, so that we can carry out your plan and do what you've raised us to do, Lord, what you've spared our lives to do, God, what you've kept us from in order to complete the mission, Lord. I'm praying in Jesus' name, God, Lord, that you would help us to see that every day we wake up, you're right there with us. You're in our house. You're on our job. You're with our children. You're with our grandchildren. You're with our in-laws. You're with our parents, God. You're with our co-workers, with our friends. Lord, you're there. You are always there, Lord, and you're able to give us strength, mighty strength, God, that will help us to overcome, Lord, and be able to fight the enemy at every level. Lord, you're able to anoint us and overflow our cup, God, so that we can be a well of water springing up, Lord, out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. And God, today we pray. I pray, Lord, over every person in the sanctuary and online, God, I pray right now. I pray the people that will watch it later, Lord, for them to know that you're the God of heaven and earth. Lord, you're able to take hallelujah and put the enemy under your feet every day we live God if you're in our lives the enemy hallelujah can be in our next footstep Lord we can walk on him Lord I'm praying oh Lord in the name of Jesus every lost person that has not made you first and foremost they brag about you on their job they brag about you on their uh radio with their with their school friends lord they brag about you on social media they talk about you they talk about being married to you one day real soon lord i pray if they're not saved lord and they don't know you they don't feel that drawing every day to do what you do lord and the things that pertain to you i pray they would see right now they can be saved all you have to do, folks, is say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I don't care if you think you've been a Christian a long time. If the Lord Jesus is not the way you walk and talk and live, 
I'm going to ask you to just remorsefully repent. That's the only way true salvation occurs is when you come to a glorified, risen Savior and you say, Father, I need real salvation today. I heard I have religious salvation. I have church salvation. I have family salvation. But I need real Jesus salvation today. I repent of my sin. None of those others will get me eternal, everlasting life. But Jesus, the salvation that comes from you, from the cross, from the empty tomb, Lord, that's what I need. I denounce my way of living, my habits, my aspirations. I put everything, all my trust and all my hope in you. As for me and my house and my family and my friends, my neighbors, my co-workers, we will serve the Lord. I will be salt. I will be light. I will be a Samson of my day. I will fight the lion, Lord, as you come upon me, Lord. And you will put the honey in my life, Jesus. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, that we would know that it's in a setting like this that the trumpet could possibly sound. Hallelujah. And we want to be ready, Lord. We want to be ready. I thank you, Lord. I want, it just, I want to take 30 seconds of why your eyes are closed. I want you to thank the Lord for his promise and for the Lord for his hand of deliverance in your life, in your, on your children, on your spouse, on your in-laws, that God can, on, on your health condition, Thank God right now. We're overcoming by the word of our testimony. God, I thank you that you're coming back and I'm going to be ready, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Folks, before we go home, I want to just let you know that I never come to this pulpit mad I never come up with one person or this situation on my mind. And there might be visitors here, and I, I feel like I need to say it again. I wouldn't do that anyway. My attention span won't allow me to do anything but stay right here where I am. But there's something even more than my attention span, and I, I just want everybody to know this is I am so, I'm terribly afraid to ever stand behind this pulpit and say something that I have not felt a burning inside of me from God to say. I don't care if you call it something positive or either something negative. I'm, I am equally afraid to say something that you would call positive as I am something you would call it. If God, because somebody could be just be sitting there wanting some kind of permission from me and misconstrue or take something that I mean in a whole different way and they feel like it gives them a license to go out here to commit adultery or do drugs or experiment with this or that. So you see, I preach every single week with a fear. I do. I really do. I'm not, I'm not ever upset with any one person or any one thing. If I did, it'd be so easy just to go to a person and say, hey, this is something God's laid on my heart concerning you. And I have to do that sometimes, and I do do that. that. But I, I, won't, I don't want you to get... We talk about distractions on this stage and with the characters, and I've, I've brought this up many times. I don't even want me to be a distraction for you from what God is saying to you. And so I have to do a lot of praying. I have to make sure, God, this is not a little bit of me and a whole lot of you because it's got to be all you, not a whole lot of you. It's got to be all you. So I want everybody to know that I really love you and I only want the best in Jesus Christ for the people that decide to come to this church, stay at this church, and be a part of this church. 
I don't want to send you out here knowing that there's crazy people out here that's waiting to devour you and your children and me not tell you about the ammunition that's available you can take with you every day. And so I can't play games. I can't play games. Every time I spend time with my family, whether it's with uh, Beckham, Laurel, Kate, or Caitlin and Tyler Ange, or, or, or my, my immediate extended family, I always, and even with the church family, I always, always try to make it a happy, even if it's an uncomfortable time, I try to make it a happy time because I don't know when I'll take my last breath. I've had so many people younger than me than to die. And so I do want to tell you I love you, and everything that I preach to you, I'm living it out with you. I haven't whipped it. I, I haven't arrived, and I got it, and you don't. It ain't that. I'm just saying what he said to say for this hour, and I'm trying my best to do all. And I know I talked about trying, but I mean it in the sense that I'm doing everything in my power to do exactly what I'm preaching to you about. And I don't have an ulterior motive. I'm not trying to ever make a spectacle of any one person or a situation. And so I want you to know that. I want you to know that. I'm not trying to do anything to draw attention to me. And I want the people to understand, as long as you come to church here, whether it's on Sunday or if it's something Joe or myself is sharing on Wednesday night, I tell you, we, I can speak for him today. We're going to seek God. Not for just something generic or go find something at the last minute off the internet and download it. Seek God, God because there's something specific God wants to say every time his children gets together. And so I love you, and I do want you to do this this week. I want you to do everything in your power to make sure that Jesus is what you center everything, even down to eating. Jesus even down to how you talk to people. Jesus is what you center everything around. And then you won't have, you won't have any cause to be worried or embarrassed when you stand before him one day. Put Jesus first in everything, and you watch how he uses you mightily. Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer, 